kicker. Mm. Happy New Year, mate. Well, I'm not sure there's much to be happy about it. After the monumentally awful 2016, I'd hope this year might be better, but so far... <sighs> yeah, I suppose you're right. This Tory government stumbles on towards Brexit with no plan at all. Mm. Safe in the knowledge they can be as incompetent as they like, because yeah. there's no effective opposition. Yeah, all that stuff about... Trump just saying crazy stuff to win votes, but he'd be more moderate and level-headed once he actually took office. Well, that's not really happened, has it? All right, Villans, good to see you. Happy New Year. All right, right, Rebel. Blimey, O'Reilly, what's up with you two? What a miserable looking pair. We're just discussing the issues of the day, you know. Yeah, 2017's just carrying on from where 2016 left off. The relentless farewell to cultural greats continues. John Hurt died last weekend. Oh, come on, you can't complain about that. He had a great innings. You should be happy for him. He managed to survive 30 years even after the alien burst out of his chest. That must have done some damage. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but there's there's rail strikes, the continued existence of Piers Morgan, worsening social inequality, and someone accidentally dug up one of the Blue Peter time capsules. You two, you've just got to cheer up. Look, Brexit's going to be great. And I think the anti-Trump hysteria just lets all the Western leaders who did such a terrible job and left the American people with no other option but to elect Trump, you're letting them off the hook. I don't think 2016 was a bad year. It may well be the year that history turned against Tina. You know what Tina is? No. There is no alternative to free market global capitalism. Maybe that's on the way out. Let's face it, capitalism, fine, delivered great wealth, but lacks a redistributive dynamic. I don't know, and I'm fearful for the future, but I'm excited by the prospect of change, so I'm, I'm not going to buy into this miserable narrative. The sun's shining, it's Friday. We're about to record the new Trust the Wizards podcast. And we've got a track from the late William Onyabor. So tell your worries on your bike, because you'd better change your mind.
Rebel Ricky, and we're stinking up the place as I'm joined by a man who says, The more you stir it, the more it will stink. The higher it's piled, the deeper it sinks. The more you proclaim it, the less that you know. The greater the Lord, the more pompous the show. It's Kick Ravels. <laughs> and a man who says, No doctors won't tell you what any turd knows. The more that you eat, the bigger it grows. If you plug up your butt, it can ruin your day. But when nature comes calling, it's best not to delay. It's Sharitho Garbanzo. She. We went to see the Blue Aeroplanes. Oh, we did, yeah. Not long ago. Yeah. Uh, they've just released their 14th studio album. It's called uh, Welcome Stranger. Yeah. So that came out in January. It's got an exclamation mark at the end. At the end of the yeah. Well, I've got the T-shirt, mm. and I'm thinking about now. Can't remember. Um, so the, the Blue Aeroplanes, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, 1984 indie art rock and pop band. Mm. Um, is that fair to say art rock? Yeah. And he sings and there's a poetic element to it. So yeah, definitely. Talking, yeah. that is, poetry. Talk, talk, talk sings, isn't it? Now I've got two trivia facts. All right. From Bristol. That's not one of them. Okay. Um, the Aeroplanes are applying to the Guinness Book of Records. Is that what you call them? The Aeroplanes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it, yeah. They're applying to the Guinness Book of Records for the greatest number of siblings in one rock band. Ah. Twelve siblings, that is. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, And uh, this is a really sad fact, but it is true. In spite of being, by record sales and concert tickets, Bristol's fourth biggest band behind Massive Attack, Portishead and Tricky, Mm. they were not included in the only book so far written on the history of Bristol music. That's very sad. That's unfortunate. So yeah, anyway, the gig, how would you you describe it? Ace. Good. (laughs) Movement, they do movement. They move a, a lot, lot on the stage, don't they? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, all yeah, and I think uh, I think they've agreed between themselves that they're, they're going to fly all over the stage yeah. and uh, amazingly rarely not, hitting each other. Rarely hitting each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought one interesting fact about the gigs is that the, the rhythm guitarist's guitar oh, yeah. broke down, uh, and I, I would say he spent half the gig trying to get it fixed. <laughs> Walking on the stage, you know, different leads, different guitars, different amps, going behind the stage, getting another guitar out. 
Uh, he got there in the end, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, they had four different lead singles. Yes. Yeah, they, true. They, yeah, they were good, weren't they? They had a, a, they had a rotor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mostly Jared Langley, though, wasn't it? Mostly Jared Langley. And also he was riffing with the crowd. There was a lot of, uh, of interaction. Two and yeah. through and in. And, yeah. and they actually jumped into the crowd at one point. Well, the, the Wojtek did. I, I think your fans are very good... Uh, very good video on YouTube. Yeah, uh, has it, it had the spelling corrected? No, not yet. Uh, it's still, talk about it it's still Tom Verlaine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Wojciech, the dancer, yeah. I, mean, I think every that, band. That was the video that you posted, which yeah. was, was that the last song? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they were going crazy on stage were, at yeah. that point. And yeah. I was going to say, if that, if that wasn't the last song, they surely they can't keep up that man, that intensity for the whole game. But they were, they, they were, I mean, they were lively all the way through. It was a fantastic gig, and and you know mostly the new album, to be fair, mm-hmm. uh, but one or two old, older tracks. But as as the man himself said, it's it's not a, a nostalgia trip. No, it's real. You know, this yeah. is the band now, and they're great. But but can I just ask you something? Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself mm. whether it's okay for seagulls to eat our chips? Because after all, we eat their fish. Here's walking under ladders for a living.
records Next time we meet I'll drop a kiss into open Some of the tracks are, in fact, lost recordings. I suppose they're found recordings rather than lost recordings, <laughs> uh, which were originally being saved for a Guided by Voices release, but uh, he's put them out on his solo album. Um, new songs composed mostly on piano and all recorded live. There's a, I think there's a really nice lo-fi vibe about it, which is right up my street, obviously. Uh, it's available out It's on uh, Burger Records uh, with a limited pressing on vinyl. Um, first 300 came like the one that you've got in your hand there, Chirico. Uh-huh. Uh, different colour vinyl, which you know I like. Oh. Mm-hmm. What colour vinyl are you going to guess this is? Right, well, 
I'm looking. Look, I'm looking at the sleeve. It's got a bit of. It's got a ballerina on it, mm. and she seems to be perched rather precariously across a, a, a top a rock. Yes. <clears throat> um, Stuck, you might say. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe she's jumping. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and obviously, she's wearing white, as ballerinas are, you know, prone to do. Yeah. Um, but there's there's quite a lot of blue right. on the cover, oh, so I'm yeah. going to go blue. You're going blue. Dark, a darker blue. Dark blue. You're I, I think it's beige, because <laughs> you don't you don't see a lot of beige these days. You do. Don't. I've, I've got a reckless rec- reckless Eric record which says on it, turd vinyl. Right, is yeah. it beige can, can, we, can we have a look? Can <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can we have the big reveal? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, this is this very, works really well. It's very exciting for the listener. Very exciting for the listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that! Hey, yeah. oh, look at Mind that! Sky blue, baby blue, baby, baby blue. blue. Rather speckled. It's a bit speckled though, isn't Babies it? Babies yes. aren't blue. Yeah. It's baby blue. It's blue for baby. It's not, but not the baby being blue, not unless you're <laughs> throttling it. I guess it can be blue. <laughs> it's blue for a boy. Isn't it? Oh right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, only three hundred copies like that, right? Yeah. And how did you manage to? I got there quick, didn't I? Did you? Yeah. So this wasn't a crowdfunded thing, right? Like no, 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 no. And I moved quick, and I got it on baby blue vinyl yeah. and and CD and cassette. <laughs> so if you if you order the album now, yeah, and the baby blue has run out, then yes. then you write you write to Burger Records, yeah, and you say, can I have the one on baby blue vinyl? And do they write back saying? Because they've all gone, and they write back saying, "It's all over now, baby blue." Ooh, good. You know how it is when uh, when you buy a record that you and uh, you don't really know who the band is, but you you're buying other records, and you think I'm importing them from the USA. I may as well chuck in another one here because mm-hmm. the postage and all that. Mm. And then and you listen to that that record, the new one, the one that you didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. and you realise this is probably the finest record that you've heard for some years mm-hmm. and then you suddenly have a new, favourite new band mm-hmm. and then you think oh this is great having a favourite new band and then you think oh I wonder how many records they've made before I heard them and then you find out that they've been going 10 years and they've made about 20 albums and you have to buy them all immediately are you just living yeah. in your dreams <laughs> well <laughs> that happens to you I estimate <laughs> about twice a week Nick again <laughs> well it uh, happens to me now and again but I'll say it for you about twice a week well it's happened to me fairly recently uh, and I've discovered this band called the Grey Home or Grey Home Music um, and uh, they're, they're in America somewhere I'm not quite sure where Um and their back catalogue stretches back to 2001. And so I bought their, their albums, Where Do You Live, Song of the Past, Songs of the Future, Send Me Some Energy to Me, Motorcycle, One Into the Cheap Seats, Drifting Out, Data Electronics and Whisper Jazz, Freshwater Mistakes and Meltdown, Book of Wooden Homes, Every Year That You Leap. Do you think you could have got you know, a more comprehensive, you know, there's probably laws you didn't get. Well, some of, the, some of them aren't uh, on, in physical format. Well, some um, of them are pay, pay, pay What You Like. Yes, but I bought them in physical out. format ah, um, yeah. because I don't. don't, don't yeah, you, but you can get most of them for nothing. Um, but it's a band anyway. I should tell you about the band, which includes Graham Wood, which is where the name of the band comes from. Because Grey, Grey Home, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Graham Wood, uh, Billy Steins, who I've been in contact with, uh, Jason Hen, who's in the band Honey Radar, who I think we've have we played played in the pod after. Yeah, yeah, we played them. Yeah. And various other other people, um, and they really appealed to me. The album I got was Freshwater Mistakes. Um, which is, is great, but actually all their albums are great. Um, I'm still waiting though for them to arrive, which is a, a little bit disappointing because I wanted to show you some physicality that I think would have excited you. Mm. Because, uh, as I say, I contacted Billy Steins, who, who runs the, their label, which is Third Uncle Records, which is where they 
all these other records are available, by the way, uh, which is on Third Uncle Bandcamp site. No, uh, well, Bandcamp it's, site. it's store. Oh. Store.thirduncle.com. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, and Billy pointed out that they they had one release, which they released as a, an issue of, I think, 10. Mm-hmm. So that, that <laughs> pink my interest, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they record. It's a CD, but it's a CD that comes in the format of a of a uh, an artwork, not not a painting exactly, but it's mm. it basically looks like a little painting uh, that's made of wood. I don't know what you'd call that, a wooden painting, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And and you have to remove the top slat, mm-hmm. and and the CD lives lives inside. <laughs> it. So it's like a wooden box, a wooden it, CD box. Yeah, but they're all different. These ten. Huh? <laughs> and, and you're supposed to put them on the wall. Uh, anyway, so he, I've been negotiating uh, about getting this sent to me, and he's and he said he's found it, and it's great, and he's, he's going to send it to me in that, and he's been very kind. He's still got one of the ten left. Yeah, so he's, he's, I, think he's, <laughs> I think he may well have nine of the ten left. But um, anyway, he's sending it to me, which is great kind of me, and he was going to send it with all these other CDs that I'd ordered. Right. But he, he can't find half of the CDs that I've ordered. Ah. He, he thought, because it's been a while since anyone's asked them for any. I see, so, yeah. uh, so anyway, we're, we're, I'm sure they'll arrive eventually. But anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, this is a band that you need in your life, uh, Grey Home Music. Um, and the song we're going to play is Sea of Green, which I think raises lots of questions about whether you buy records to play or whether you buy records just to store. Mm. And perhaps we can talk about that after we've heard the song and, and, and the one after that. Uh, but this is from the, the album Motorcycle One and it's Sea of Green by Grey Home Music. When I was four
it isn't meddling by extraterrestrials, uh, at least not of the overt thousand-ton beryllium ship variety. It has to do with the fact that we began to allow into our diet an exotic pseudo-neurotransmitter that was part of the native flora of the grassland. And I believe that I can at least make it seem plausible to you that this mushroom was the triggering factor that moved us from being an advanced hominid, an advanced animal, to being, in fact, a conscious, self-reflecting, caring, thinking, dreaming, striving human being. And here is my answer to this riddle, where did human consciousness come from? Well there, with a little explanation of where human consciousness does come from, uh, that song was by Adam John Miller, it's from the album Rapallowed, uh, and you can uh, get that from Kath and Dad Records. Dot .bandcamp.com that's c a t h n d a d records.bandcamp.com Adam John Miller is uh, quite prolific he he records as um, uh, quite a few acts who are on Oddbox records including Toys spelt as the initials T O Y S the Manhattan Love Suicides the Wednesday Club who I've got a very good album by uh, the Medusa Snare and a bunch of other bands that I've never heard of but they've got good names so I'm going to share them with you mm. Satan and Megastar mm. The What I Wanted to Do's and Art Fucking Deaf Shit. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, um, then the, there is, is, is the song's called Rodan. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the sculptor yeah. Rodan. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just because at the beginning of the song it says something about Rodin. All right, yeah. Mm. Uh, like Rodin on an horse. Yeah. Can, can you, uh, for the harder thinking, yeah. Here, can, mm-hmm. you, can you give us a, a brief rundown of what he was going on about there, then? You mean the sample of the bloke talking at the yeah. end? Uh, well, I, funnily enough, I emailed uh, Adam John Miller about this, oh. and I, I said, I'm very happy to hear you enjoy the record again, because I, I got this record a few years ago when it came out, and then I recently was listening to it again, and, oh, yeah. and this track jumped out at me. The audio sample at the end is of Terence McKenna. Uh, I can't remember where I lifted the clip from, but it's a reading from or about his book, Food of the Gods. It is a great read. Mm. Uh Thanks for getting in touch. All the best and keep it real. Oh, yeah. We like to keep it real here. Yeah. Yeah. So that sent me off. Ter- who's Terence McKenna and what's, uh, what's this Food of the Gods all about? Oh, yeah. Well, as he explains in that bit, Terence McKenna was a guy, a bit like a Timothy Leary, but he was after Timothy Leary. Stoned. A guy who was advocating the use of uh, psychedelic drugs mm. in order to advance consciousness. You don't hear much yeah. about that anymore, do you? That's just a perfectly reasonable idea. <laughs> and he so had the, he had a thing in in this book, the, the the food of the gods. He had this thing called the stoned ape theory. Ah. Uh, and I'll I'll try and summarise that for you. It was basically saying that that the area which is now the Sahara Desert used to be a rainforest, but then there was climate change and it became. Uh, more like it well, it started becoming more like it is now. Uh, the primates that lived around there had to stop living in the trees because they weren't trees, mm. so they to, and they had to find new place, new ways of of eating. Uh, they would have um, been investigating under and basically under under other animal shit, mm. dung, for insects and things like that. Mm. And there's a theory that, um, and there's quite a lot of scientific basis behind this theory that these particular type of mushrooms which would have grown in cow shit mm. that these mm. apes 
would have introduced into their diet this this psychedelic hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic mm. something you know something with psilocybin same stuff that's in magic mushrooms yeah uh, and that would have given them an advantage over other apes in evolution because uh, it they would have listened to like really long sitar pieces indeed indeed uh, they, they it improves your visual it improves yeah. your visuals so which would make them better hunters encourage them to it, eat it, 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 um, it, it uh, no that's smoking dope yeah, oh you, right yeah, yeah, yeah. you won't get that from mushrooms but only eating to take away the taste of the mushroom because it's vile um, <laughs> I'll uh, take your word for all this yeah um, the um, it, they would have um, be more sexually oh yeah have more sexual desire yeah. which would have increased um, you know, I the don't remember that bit the population uh, and um yeah, so so, and I would imagine them a bigger imagination. Oh, uh, but basically, basically, the, the idea of the, the possible. One of the one of the theories is well, well, over over a million years, the human brain evolved to twice its size over a million years, and that is absolutely unheard of for any organ in any species to evolve to twice its size mm. in that short, relatively evolutionary, mm. not short, everybody's short point short piece no. short space of time. Okay, mm. uh, so what was it that set that off? And mm. Terence McKenna's idea is that one of the main things that set that off. Was eating mushrooms out of cow shit. Yeah, well, there you go. See? Yeah. Sounds plausible we should, we to should me. We should all, all learn from that, shouldn't we? I've got a little challenge for you as well. All right. Because uh, I know, I know can how... You, can, you, can you just remove that cow shit first? <laughs> Sorry, yes. Yeah, so I'll just take, put that mushroom. We'll have that on the pizza later. Um, the uh, We've already played on this podcast. We've already played two... I know how much you love these challenges when I set you them mm-hmm. during the podcast mm-hmm. unannounced. I know how much you love mm. them. So I thought I would do one. We've already played two songs by bands with colours in their name. Oh, oh. Blue Aeroplanes, yeah. Greyhound Music. So yeah. my challenge to you by the end of the podcast, without Googling or using any technology, <laughs> is to make a list of as many bands with, with, colours. with colours in their name. Oh, yeah. and, and there are fucking loads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's already started. Yeah. I haven't got a pen yet. It's all right. We'll get you a pen in a minute. It's all right. Oh. Can we go, uh, go back to the song we heard before? Yes, that? please do. Yeah, so this that is... was a brilliant song. Isn't that a brilliant and song? And I've, I've also been investigating some of their back catalogue. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's some great stuff there, isn't there? It's all good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think the the thing I like most about that song is the the idea that you know it really it's a treaty, treaties, treaties. Yeah. On uh, on why you should play records and not just store them. It really irritates me. A lot of people. I mean, I've got a record collection of, of some size. Yeah. Uh, but I play all of them. Yeah. Well, I have, yeah. At least I have played all of them, mm. and uh, they're all out of wrappers. There's nothing in wrappers. Mm. And but apparently people just well, buy this records. Is, this, to this, store. Is, this is part of what I what I what I am against record store day because it becomes mm. so much about collecting something because you want to have it because of the value of it yeah. rather than because of the music on it. it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have no music uh, I can think of, no no records or no CDs that I can think of that I've bought because. Um, Actually, I have one. I have a wedding present single which was released on very uh, limited edition, uh, hand painted by the band thing, obviously, and I already had it on CD single. Mm. So yeah, okay, one thing I can think of where I bought it because it was, but that's the wedding present. It doesn't count. Mm. But I don't like go out and buy stuff because I want to have it because it might be worth something. Like no, see, but, but yeah. I, I disagree. Yeah, because and obviously I've got because I'm never going to sell it anyway. I mean, that wedding present single is worth quite. Well, a both lot your more than CDs, the one ninety nine I paid for. For it, it is worth quite a bit now. I'm never going to sell it. Yeah. yeah. And one day when I'm dead, uh, and someone's basically someone's going to bin my record collection, and they probably won't know that that, that wedding that one wedding present single is worth. Would that make you, you know, happy? I thought you're going to leave it in your will. Well, it's not worth that much. No, it's really yeah. But it's but you know it's probably compared compared to what I've got to leave in my will. It's for fair size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's hard work playing a record. 
you've got to go about a you've got to often go to a different room yeah take it out of its sleeve yeah you know balance the needle on yeah. all that yeah yeah but that's 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 why you do it isn't it because it it stops you just having music on as a background thing. You've got to you've got to focus yourself on it. Go and listen to a record as opposed to hear a record. Yeah, you're, you're not giving the human beings much credit. For, I'm giving them no credit. Fair enough. Okay. Is, well, isn't it also a bit of a metaphor, a, a metaphor, if you will? Because uh, okay. uh, uh, <laughs> he's saying about how every time you play a record, the vinyl gets worn down. Yeah. Which is that true? Yeah. By the way, of course it is. Is, is yeah. it true? Yeah. Well, yet another reason why vinyl is inferior to CDs then. But anyway, let's move on. Um, but if it never leaves the package, then you'll never hear the sound. Isn't that more of a general thing about people? Yeah, I think maybe it is. You know, yeah. you, you've got to get yeah, out there and experience some of the world, otherwise you'll never truly live. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I, what I, I, I took it You know, if you stay in your little package yeah. your whole life, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not really it's, The living. message works on many levels. Yes. But to be yes. fair, if he is talking about actual records, you don't have to take out the packet. Because you just get a download code, probably emailed to you. Yeah, but not email you. You, not you download music and then you wait for the record. In 1965, or when Yellow Submarine came out, no. or when he was four or five. No, that's yeah. true. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. But now, just download. But he's he, he's talking about his mate. He goes around his mate's house and they have these toys like Action Man and things and Star Wars figures, which he's never got out of the box as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah. That's, that's what right. he's talked about. It just before that in the song. Yeah. And oh, he's, yeah. he's saying, well, I don't see the point of that. And then he brings it back to the record. Yeah. It's very clever. Very, very clever, clever ways. Yeah. Uh, I've got to play some Ezra Furman uh, now. Uh, it's no secret that. Uh, uh, some of us wizards are huge fans of Ezra Furman. Uh, we first played his, uh, his album that came out in 2013, uh, Day of the Dog, is a masterpiece and, in, and it is in the top five best albums of this my, century. My, my Zero. My Zero, my yeah, great yeah. Top five albums of the century so far, in my opinion. Uh, when, he, when I got that, when I heard that, I went back and I bought the previous one, uh, which is called The Year of No Returning, and I found that that was very nearly just as good, but still amazing. And then, and then he, he, I thought, well, I'll go back and I'll buy the previous one, uh, Mysterious Power, which is also absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then at around about the same time, he bought out a new album, uh, Perpetual Motion, Motion, Motion People, which kind of was a bit of a breakthrough album for him. Uh, and he's now much more well-known than he was uh, before that album. Uh, and that's also fantastic. But when I saw him in Manchester uh, in October or November last year, they had two CDs on sale there, which were the albums before then. So I've gone even further back in his uh, discography. Uh, Banging Down the Doors uh, and Inside the Human Body uh, from 2007 and 2008. Um, so from the first of those, Banging Down the Doors, uh, we've, had, we've had people in the past tell us, other artists have told us all kinds of things about God. Uh, God is a number. God is a real estate developer. God is on my side. God is love. God is in the house. God is a DJ. But no, apparently, according to Ezra, God is a middle-aged woman.
you anything about music, I'd say, I'd say that's Northern Soul. Yeah, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, that it is Repetitive beats, yeah. 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 incredibly yeah. emotional lyrics, and just the sense of, Ugh, yeah. give it to me. Ugh, that, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if you, like me, were curious about it. I thought, well, is that a female vocalist, a bassist, a drummer, you know, and, and, a, and a kinky guitarist? Mm. Uh, mm. And, uh, you know, the band. Mm. Uh, or is it two DJs? And I thought, if it is two DJs, how have they made that sound? It sounds to me like a really, really good soul band from about 1972. Maybe it's all samples, isn't it? It must be. must yeah. be, yeah, because that was it. So, because you go, it's not an old song, then? No. It's, a, it's, a, it's coming. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't state my reputation on it. Right. <laughs> but there again... You've got no reputation. I've got yeah. a reputation. Yeah, so, I, well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a production DJ outfit from heavyweight disc jockeys Rackabeat, and it? Rackabeat, brackets, Chihuahuas, and DJ Money Shot, brackets, Solid Steel. It's got a language, I don't even understand what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is fascinating. You know what Money Shot is? That's the cum shot in the porn film. Yeah, it? yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Not all about that. Yeah. <laughs> it says Some it. areas of expertise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drawing on such influences, Bocca 45, DJ Former, Grammatic, I think I've heard of, and RJD2. You know DJ Format uh, because we've played him on the podcast. Yes, we have, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, was it RTJ? Was it RTJ? RJD2. Oh, okay. The pair aim to bring that vintage sound of sample funk beats and breaks back to the forefront of club music. And um, yeah, it's the, the, the debut, debut album released on Jalapeno Records. Oh, yeah. Hot stuff. <laughs> uh, which, same label as Smooth and Torelleron. Um, is that smooth with a V? It is. It yeah. is smooth yeah. with a V. Much, yeah. uh, they, 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 Craig Charles's Six Music Show plays quite a bit of smooth and Terrell. Yeah. yeah. But it, it strikes me this is a. I always thought, you know, that with all the technology on it, it's so easy to make music that they are going to start making really mind blowingly good music on computers. And this is mind blowingly good. I think they might well do that already. Well, yeah, true, true. But uh, that I like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and there it was! Hey, now, talking of DJ format, if you go to the DJ bit in my uh, iTunes collection, there's quite a lot of instrumental music there. You've got DJ format, well, actually DJ format's mostly not instrumental, but DJ Crush, DJ Shadow, DJ Crystal, DJ Vadim, DJ Food. All mostly from the 90s onwards, making awesome breakbeat bass music, a little bit similar to the one we just played. Yeah much of which is instrumental. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not playing any of those. I'm going to play DJ Elimadi Tunkara. It's just not pronounced that way, because it's Mali and guitarist Jelimadi Tunkara. Hey. Quite possibly not pronounced that way either. Here's some information about him from the uh, Radio Free website. Mali has, uh, obviously, Mali's music is one of the most, you know, uh, well-known countries well, for, for music in this country. The man from Blur uh, discovered it, didn't he? Your man from Blur discovered everything. Yeah, you just said that to annoy me. Your man from Blur discovered that he is a monumental bellend. Um, but so he's not as he's not as well known as uh, is Ali Farkaturi, probably yeah. the most famous musician from Mali. Uh, by the way, Mark, do you know um, his 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 uh, his mum, Ali Farkaturi? You know about his mum? No. You know what she was called? No. Mama Farka. Yeah. And you know Yusu, you know you, you know, you know, you know, and Dor. You know what his wife's called? <laughs> called Owen Dor's. Yeah, 
Um, anyway, he's a former shepherd, uh, and he's a drummer, uh, and, and he was he was a lead electric guitarist with uh, a band called the Rail Band uh, in the seventies. So he's been around a while, and uh, other very well known uh, African musicians, Salif Keita and Mori Kante, were were in that band with him. Um, and he was became so well known as a guitarist uh, amongst those in the know that he, you know, Buena Vista Social Club, when mm. they made their first yeah. album, he, they, yeah, they, they invited him over to Cuba to take part in their first album recording, but he never, he never made it over there. Mm. This track is from a compilation called African Chill, which does pretty much what it says. It's on the Manteca label, and it's called... Do you Aurora. Pardon? Do you Aurora. Okay.
you uh, boys will both be uh, familiar with the fact that back in February last year, uh, I was lucky enough to interview Kyle Melton uh, on our podcast, a, a Q&A with Kyle. Uh, Kyle from the band Smug, Smug Brothers, Brothers. Uh, from Dayton, Ohio. Hey. <coughs> One of my favourite places. Um, and uh, in that interview, he mentioned that the, the band, which also features stalwarts Don Thrasher, Brian Baker and Larry Evans, uh, would be working in the next 12 months on, on a new LP. Anyway, lucky buggers that we are, an early copy has been sent our way for review. Oh, yes. And the album Disco Maroon, exclamation mark, this is, I think it's the theme for the year. Exclamation mark. Yeah. Uh, will actually officially be released on the 31st of March on the band's own Gas Daddy Go Records and will be the band's 10th album. And uh, <clears throat> once again, I think it, uh, it manages to skillfully combine uh, power pop, lo-fi indie rock, mm-hmm. a little bit of big star, a little bit of spoon, a squeeze of super chunk, and a big splash of guided by voices. And as the band themselves neatly put it, this is infectious twisted power pop for the short attention span set. Because uh, a lot of the songs are quite short, aren't they? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, if there is a, an overriding theme, and I think there is, uh, you should bear in mind that the album starts with a, an exhalation, albeit through a melodica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very much ends with a sigh. Uh, and I think the overarching theme is one of melancholy and resignation, uh, but nevertheless one that neatly avoids falling into the trap of self-pity and gloom. It's not an up record, but at the same time I found it a joy to listen to. What mm. about you, Rebel? Oh, fantastic. I, I thought it was like the Ronettes. Ah, okay. Like, yeah. like, like, yeah. Exactly like you say, a bit of tragedy there, a bit of sadness. Yeah. But ultimately, there's an uplifting feel through the whole thing. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I, I reviewed it on a train. On a train. And the train journey was only 31 minutes long. Oh, can I just say that? Isn't, isn't this brilliant? Because it's a, it, I've made a note of this somewhere. Now, where is it? Where is it? Because uh, 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 it is the album's about 32 minutes long, isn't it? And a 32-minute album fitted exactly... Exactly from when I put my headphones on and shut my front door behind me. Yeah. Walked to the bus stop, waited for the bus, got on the bus, took the bus to work, got off the bus, walked into the office, put my key in the office door. That's when the album finished. I thought that's a sign. Well, uh, well, it's, it, it was almost the same thing. When I got on the train, headphones on, put it on. To be fair, we had a delay at Dean's Gate. You know, so, so oh, it's, oh, it's not quite as genuine as it should be. But it's almost exactly the same. Thirty. I got thirty-one minutes. Right. Uh, thirty-one minutes. Whole thing over. Perfectly satisfied. Yeah. This is your go-to, go-to work album, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, On a slight go-to, tangent. Go-to, go-to work album. Yeah, well, on, yeah. on a slight tangent, uh, uh, back in uh, the 80s, uh, for, to drive from my house to my girlfriend's house was exactly the same length as the side one of High, Highland Hard Rain by <laughs> And I did it many times. It's a yeah. good sign, isn't it? It's a good yeah, sign. Yeah. So, uh, now, I've got uh, things I'd like to say about every song. So, do you mind if we... Do you take yeah, no, I'll, I'll chip in. I've got, I, I wrote very little about each song. All right. But there's something there. All right, well, so the, the album kicks off with uh, It's Official Everywhere I Go. Or, Ooh, I uh, like that one. Yeah, yeah, it's good, that, isn't yeah. it? And uh, although I thought it was Everywhere I Go, because the O was cut off on, on, on the track listing that I had initially. Oh, but, yeah. but, so I thought it was oh, good. It's official everywhere IG. And I thought, that's quite cool. But yeah. actually, obviously, the song isn't called that. Um, and it kicks off with a great big riff, doesn't mm. it? Uh, and I thought that really, I've described the vocals as being super sneery. And uh, I have to admit that I may well have uh, air guitar to that song. Very good. Uh, my, my review? Mm. 
heavy. <laughs> it is heavy. Yeah, heavy yeah. It is heavy, yes. Um, so we like that. Great opener. Mm. Uh, then we had Concentration Lawns. Uh, and this is one of only two songs that make it over the three minute mark. Um, and I thought it was very Pollard-esque in its obliqueness. Mm. Tell me what you're thinking, it says in the song. And, and honestly, what I was thinking is, what's a concentration lawn? <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's great. And it's really catchy, that one. I like that one very much. My review, No Wave. No, oh, No Wave. No Wave. Mm. Like uh, your men suicide. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. I, was, I was picking up that vibe. Yes, yeah. that's very good, yes. Then we had uh, My Little Crowd Pleaser, uh, and I've noted here that my enjoyment of this track was slightly compromised uh, by the fact that having mostly listened to the album without a track listen to hand, I ended up singing along on the bus to this song that I had become convinced was called My Little Cock Teaser. <laughs> uh, and somehow, unfortunately, I cannot unhear that. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, it's all I ever hear, in fact, which is a line from the song you see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nevertheless, great bass line underpins this shimmering power pop winner. Um, yeah, I got Phil Spector, Wall of Sound, Jesus of the Mirror Chain, Pop Tense, Middle Eight, always nice. The Pop Tense. I don't know what that means. Well, it, goes, it just goes up one, it goes ring, ring, just up, it's, it's tense. The Middle Eight is just a tense bit. Tension. There's tension. some, yeah, some yeah, harmonic yeah. tension yeah, because yeah. It's, it's moving away from the, the, the key. The That's right, yeah. yeah. The home key. And it, yeah. It, it's a bit, a bit out is that when the guitar yeah. goes... Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. That's great, isn't it? Uh, then we had the, the first acoustic number, which is called Observation Observatory Lanterns, I beg your pardon, uh, which I felt was a little bit country in. Uh, yes. It's only 65 seconds, um, yeah. but very pleasant. I went with a, a Joe Strummer solo, as in the Joe Strummer solo, solo song. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I've just got, in inverted commas, Artificial Kings at the Wheel. I think it's quite a good line, uh, and I just wrote very short. <laughs> 65 seconds 65 yeah. seconds but it doesn't need to be longer it's great no. uh, and then there's another slow one that follows that which is called Someone Will Catch That Butterfly uh, which again starts acoustically but builds this one into almost an epic which is quite impressive because that's only 90 seconds long yeah and I, I got uh, The Birds yes The, the Birds Ching Chingly Changly Guitars yeah, yeah. Harmonising Nice <laughs> and then I put Very Short yes but not as, not as short Did you start, if you describe that as Very Short what did you start the one before? Just short. Just short. I think you got that the wrong. Oh no, no, very nice, very short. Sorry, they're both very short. I think the first one was very, very short. Yeah. Uh, Then we have uh, the song "Smoke Father," which um, starts with some top scratchy guitar noises, uh, and then follows up with some squeaky guitar noise in the middle that I particularly enjoyed. Uh, And I noted there actually that the smuggies, as uh, as I believe no one calls them. Uh, don't really do guitar solos. They're not really guitar solos on the album. I didn't think. There's lots of guitar riffs, but not particularly solos. The songs are short. Yeah, they don't have time. Yeah, I guess. But there's. I don't. I mean, I know you boys know all your musical technology and the terms and all that. Yeah. But there seems to be a sort of a pop pop drum sound on this one, which yeah. I really like. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's a. It's not a hi hi. Rim it? shot, maybe. Is yeah. it a rim shot? No. Is, that, is that going back to your porno? Did you? Mm-hmm. So I said. I said Gets into a groove, favourite so far, and I thought that there was a keyboard one-note solo, which ah. I thought was excellent. Ah, yes, you might be right. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I said not much time for the solo, but no, there's got a couple of minutes there. Well, you, you said that was your favourite so far. So far. Well, I think I, I, at, this, at this point, which is I guess halfway through, uh, more or less, the opener was, was definitely one of my favourites, but actually it's the next one that I really like particularly. This is a very guided by voices type song, because yeah. the, the, vo- the vocals are uh, a little bit distorted. Um... It's much more of a sort of a four-track sounding mm. recording, isn't it? Um, and it reminded me of the Guy by Voices song uh, "Chicken Blows." 
Um, well, I'm thinking mountain hearts, goldfish oh, mountain hearts. Go, 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 goldfish bowl, mountain rock, That's something it. or other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's leave it at that. But I, I, I got. Have you done your bit? Oh no, no. I wanted to say because okay, this is. Called, uh, I should say it's called a sea by Jupiter. And I thought when I read the title, I thought, isn't this ace? It's uh, it's a use of a, a very archaic expression to suggest surprise, isn't it? Um, a sea by Jupiter, <laughs> but it, it, it wasn't there. It was actually more of a, a geographical description of where the where the sea was. Ah, right. yeah. ah okay. Uh, but I, that one really stuck in me. Head, that one. I got I got underwater vocals. Yes, yeah, and I put harpsichord, and then harpsichord, and then I put accordion. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really bothered me because I couldn't remember the name of an accordion. Yeah, is there an accordion on that one? I think so. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, then we have uh, the song "Hang Up." Uh, which uh, another great guitar riff in this, and uh, a really sort of poppy drum beat. I thought uh, the emotional emotional vocals, which reminded me of John Lennon a little bit, and yeah. the desperation, uh, and the line, "How did I ask you to just hang up?" Which I, I thought was a very good. Yeah, line. good. Yeah, I like that one. I got maybe the most GB feet, GBV. Ah, well, yeah. If, if, well, yes, in terms of the produced stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, effortless rock stroke pop harmony with edge, I put. Uh, and I put incomprehensible lyrics. Well, don't you think most of the lyrics are fairly incomprehensible? Yeah, but that one particularly, for yeah. some reason. <laughs> but that's good. I like that. I, yeah. like that. I find that very attractive. Uh, one pass at a time, uh, which is a good good advice for all footballers. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is the next song, and, it, and uh, it's got the line, I'm, I've made a list and I've left it behind, which I really like. Uh, and I think that lends itself to lots of different meanings, n- none of which I can really grasp, but I would imagine a lot there. No. Um, and again, just a minute long, which was fine. Great. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got, like the staccato feel of the song, keeps threatening to crash and burn. Very short. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Then we had uh, "Skin of the Most Perfect Cheetah," uh, which I, I thought again had a, a bit of an epic feel to it. Mm. Uh, starts with just the vocals and a pick guitar bef- before again building all sorts of what I call here uh, percussive tinking, tinking, tinking. There's ting, ting yes, tinking okay. in it, uh, which I really liked. And again, absolutely no idea what the song is about, but I felt reassured by it. Right. Yeah. I got a most hippie. So oh. far, oh. Uh, Glockenspiel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, are you, are you sure Glockenspiel and not the other one? What's the other one? Xylophone. Xylophone, are you sure? Is it wood or metal? No, it's, Glock, it's Glockenspiel, that. Glockenspiel. Metal. Is it metal? Yeah. 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 That's, right. that's Glockenspiel. Right. No, I said, yeah, it. I thought he might have. Just so check it out. No, no, no. He's, he's a fact-checking person. Yeah. 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 Um, then we had uh, another one I really like, which is uh, Truly Awake is a Mistake. Uh, love the guitar sound on this, and again the vocals are top notch. And there's a bit where he go, where he, he says in, into never is like a, a refrain into it, into mm, never, mm. and he goes ah, wah, wah, wah. Mm. and it had me thinking. You know, you know when uh, I don't know if your football fans do this, but uh, the football fans of my club do this on on and on and on on and on and on and on and on, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. What, yeah. what do they do? Sorry. They go on and 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 it just what, in a song? Yeah. So marching on and on and on and on. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but, must be a Leeds United thing. But uh, I, I really like that. And that extension and that I, I thought was great. And uh, and I thought it would sound good on the terraces. And did I sing along? Well, I might have done. Mm. So that's the song Truly Awake is a Mistake. Yeah. Well, haven't you missed out Wish It Was June? Oh, yes. 
Tell me about Wish It Was June then. Uh, ukulele. Very, <laughs> very lo-fi. Pop song. What, then I wrote, what I would give to dance with her. Had I, had I gone off piece there? I don't know. Is that, is that is a that lyric? Song? I think that's just a note to yourself. Right, good. You're on the okay. track. No, I, I really like that one. Yeah, that was, that's probably the most... Is that just a lovely girl you saw on the train? <laughs> yeah. I was uh, typing, uh, and that just came out. Yeah. I think uh, that one is the one that sounds the most ramshackle, uh, in a good way, and kind of off the cuff. Yeah. And, and I've written here, this is the band in the corner of the pub at closing time, and there are tears in the eyes of all the punters slumped at the bar. Good. Mm. <laughs> then Truly Awakens me say, what did you make of that one? Uh, I said, contrast to last track, Yes. very rock. Yeah, very rock, yeah. In, into never! Exclamation mark. Yeah, they ever, ever. Then we had the, the Flying City, which has more great guitar work, and uh, this time clicky drumming. And uh, I'm sorry to get a bit technical on you there, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Clicky, clicky drumming. Clicky, clicky not tinky. Clicky. Yeah. clicky. Yeah. Uh, and of all things, this one reminded me of Bowie. Really? Yeah, five years. That's some five years. I know, five years. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, something about that. The drum beat? Maybe quite... the lyrics, I think, or the, nah. or the phrasing. Yeah. I yeah. said, uh, like this one, skiffle feel to very 50s bubblegum <laughs> uh, with added psychedelia. And David Bowie. I suppose that, that's getting towards David Bowie, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then we had uh, the penultimate track is uh, uh, Karate Walker, uh, which is another lo-fi acoustic gem. And it has a line, there are, there are bridges you have to burn. If you're quiet, you can be right. Pow wow goes the guitar. Ace. If, you, if you're quiet, you can be right. I, I like that. That's, good, That's yeah. a good uh, philosophy. Just because you're not shouting, you can yeah. still be correct. Yes. Uh, I said ultra Pollard style lo-fi, yes. good tune. If you're quiet, you can be right. Very short. One, <laughs> one verse, one chorus. But that's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. We've, got, we've, we've got one idea in this song. Mm. Why labour it? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that was definitely another favourite of mine, that one. And then, uh, then we finish with the song Amplifying Sigh. Uh, which is one of those I've noted here, one of those final songs in the album that leaves you wanting more. And I, and I, I had a lot of the Beatles in this one, um, mm. and I think a bit of defiance. It's a sort of a defiant finish to an mm. album. Mm. Well, that's the the only complaint really is that uh, you know, fifteen songs, thirty-one minutes, brilliant. Uh, but I said good riffage uh, in the background, three guitars in operation. Noticed on this one fades out as soon as it, you really get into it. Yeah, no, that's right. So that's what I mean. You you, you kind of wanted it to be a bit longer. This yeah, one. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to, to, sorry, to interject again, and mm. so it's a slightly off tangent oh, yeah. before we play a song from the album, but yeah. uh, you know you just mentioned the Beatles, that reminded me, yeah. on that song we played before, Sea of Green, which yeah. talks about, he had he said he had a record yeah. of Yellow yeah, Submarine, yeah. and when it finished, when it came, the song came to the end, he'd, he'd flip it over and play it again, yeah. he wouldn't, because it didn't have the same, he would have a different song on the other yeah. side, he would have yeah. Eleanor Rigby on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. true. So, anyway, so, but anyway, fact yeah. checking cause. <laughs> fact checking return. Once again. Yeah. Now, uh, in uh, in the interview that I did with Kyle back last year, I asked them when when we like to see the band play in in the UK, because um, this is a tremendous album, absolutely tremendous. I love this album. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to have it in physical form. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said the the only way that they'll uh, they'll play the UK is if they get invited to to play Glastonbury. So I'm putting uh, it out there. Yeah. yeah. You Glastonbury folk. Come on, Emily Evis. Yep. Get it yeah. sorted. Yeah. Get the Smug Brothers over here and you'll hear stuff like Hang Up.
Twist again, like we did last summer. That was Eugene Twist uh, from his new album, The Stuntman, uh, and that's that song's called is the opening track, and it's called Savile Row 
Gigolo. And uh, it's, we've got a killer guitar riff. Um, as uh, you, you, everyone around here knows, I'm a huge fan of Elvis Costello. That is my favourite song on the album because it's the most Elvis Costello-y. Mm. Although there's quite a lot of Elvis Costello-y fair, songs. It sounds more like Elvis Costello than Elvis Costello does these days. It sounds like vintage Elvis Costello. Elvis oh, Costello hasn't made an a, a album round. like that since Mama Fuku, Mama Fuku, that one, which was a fair while ago now. Uh, and he made but, plenty in between that were nothing like that when he released Motherfucking. Yes, indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the kind of Elvis Costello album that most Elvis Costello fans still want him to make albums like that right. again, if, if you yes, know what I mean. But Eugene Twist is making oh, albums like that. It doesn't also, I'd say there's about four or five songs on there that, that are quite Costello-y. The video for Stuntman, you, you yeah. uh, gave me the heads up on this, uh, he's, he's, he's got an... Uh, Whatever that, kind of, whatever that kind of guitar is with the sunburst thing but yeah. very kind of this year's model era Costello yeah. the way he moves yeah. uh, even uh, the keyboard player his very small keyboard stand a very small keyboard is reminiscent of uh, Steve of Naive course, yeah. in the in the videos for um, I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea and, mm. and uh, those those ones of this year's model basically era, so. very Bruce Thomas but longer hair yes indeed yeah yeah, and the, the and the white background and the suit and everything. It's all it's all very. He just uh, needs to turn his. It feet is, yeah, he needs to work on <laughs> making his feet go weird. Yeah, he yeah, needs to work on that. Um, yeah, and the, but uh, yeah, the album is is very good. Uh, that song is the stunt man. The one you were talking mm. about with the video is another very very strong track. Uh, the fish that never swam is is rather more weird than than the, the track we just heard. It's a bit more, uh, yeah, just just weird. Um, uh, the ly- lyrically it's fantastic that's the last song on the album uh, and there's uh, a few other songs that are also very very strong uh, Jerusalem is a magnificent song Halloween Drama Queen it was it, for me when I was choosing which track to play it was between Halloween Drama Queen Savile Row Gigolo and The Fish That Never Swam but I ended up going for like I say the most Costello-y one now then we had uh, I've had some post oh ah. yeah we had uh, well I say post a message. Yeah, we had a message from Jane out of uh, Schizo Fun Addict. All right. Yes. Is that the band with the guy Jet? Jet, Jet. 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 Jet Winsker or something Winsker, like that. Winsker. That's right. He's got a. That's a rocker. As we've said before, I think it's the yeah. most rock and roll name. Very rock we've and ever roll. heard. Yes. So. Yeah. And uh, what's Jane's second name? Well, oh, I forget. Oh. Okay. Um, Schizo Fun Addict. Jane <laughs> Schizo Fun Addict. That's even more rock and roll than Jack Winston. That, that is. Anyway, the, yeah. I'll stop interrupting you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, she she uh, got in touch to say, uh, Jet told me to send you a private link to our new single Chrome Rush, releasing on the first of January twenty seventeen. Free, sorry, feel free to world premiere it if you dig. Wow. Well, I did dig, and uh, not only did I dig, I also dag. The fact that uh, she uh, she continued to email us or, or contact us with various messages describing how drunk she was getting, uh, <laughs> drinking wine with Jeff, listening to our podcast. Oh, fantastic! So isn't that lovely? So uh, well, I think drinking while listening to the podcast is should yeah, is, well I, we I, do we heartily encourage it. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, it's, it should be de rigueur. Yeah, uh, and uh, she also points out that although there's no physical release planned for Chrome Rush just yet. They're looking out, uh, looking for a label to put their next album out. So, if anyone out there in podcast land uh, have any ideas or contacts who might be interested in putting out a Schizo Fun Addict record, please get in touch with us via our Facebook or other means. Um, and you will want to when you hear this. This is a fucking ace. It's a Chrome Rush. 
turn, the fix is in uh, by Mersault. I'm going to spell that because I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. M-E-U-R-S-A-U-L-T. Do you know where that band get their name from? No. Is it um, Salt on... No, no, the it's, 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 the, it's the hero or the protagonist of a novel by Albert Camus. Camus? Camus. Yeah. Called L'Etranger. Albert Camus. Albert Camus. Mm-hmm. Called L'Etranger. Ah, yeah, the stranger. Yeah. 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 Uh, is, is they're from Edinburgh. Well, he's from Edinburgh. It's yeah. more. It's a one-man band kind of thing. Uh, a guy called Neil Pennycook. Uh, they're on the label Song by Toad. Um, and where they've been for quite a long time. Uh, they've, they've released quite a lot of records. They've been around about 10 years. Um, their, their hugely acclaimed debut was called Pissing on Bonfires, Kissing with Tongues. Excellent. You don't want to get those two mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right, isn't, isn't that right, Mr Trump? Uh, but uh, they've got a new album out called I Will Kill Again, uh, which comes out on 27th of February, so in a couple of weeks' time. But that, uh, that was actually... That song's not actually on the album. That song is from an EP that came out in December. Uh, the EP uh, had six songs, and it was called "Simple Is Good," which yeah. uh, was a quote that he took from. Uh, I think he saw it, said he saw it in a background, uh, written on a blackboard in a, in a Jim Henson thing, Sesame Street or Muppets or something like that, uh, and he liked it, so he just uh, stole it for the EP. Um, yeah, and he's got some dates coming up, so I, I should mention those. Mm. Um, he's playing uh, the Hug and Pint in Glasgow on the 3rd of February, which is today, actually. So, so mm, we're going to yeah. struggle to get there. And, and also it's sold out. So, so, <laughs> so, so don't worry. Don't, if you live in Glasgow and you really like that song, don't worry, because it was sold out anyway. You couldn't have gone anyway. Or well, um, maybe you did go. Yeah, but, but get, you know, get a, hop on a train, get yourself over to Edinburgh, because on the 25th of February, yeah. uh, they're playing at a place called Summerhall in Edinburgh, and then they're down in London, in, uh, in the Lexington, a marvellous venue, on the 4th of March. Mm. Go and check them out. So, the scores are in. Oh. Uh, the scores are in from the great um, name bands with colours in their name. <laughs> Quiz. Get, uh, with, snappily with, title. With I hope a, you've been playing along at home. With a broken pen handicap for some of us. <laughs> yes, and, and the scores uh, run... Such as they are, and <laughs> Rebel Ricket, yeah. you have scored six, Whoa. a very creditable six, yeah, um, a genuine six. Um, <laughs> uh, bl- uh, let's Real hear it. Let's hear it. You've got blue, white, orange, red, green, and purple. There's blue oyster cult, white stripes, orange juice, red house painter, green day, and the purple house. And I'm pretty confident in saying that you've got only one of those on your yeah. list, but you have one comfortably. Oh. Um, you uh, these are the ones you've got: red guitars, um, black Sabbath. You've written here Black Motorcycle Club, but that isn't the name of the band. Uh, I think they're called Black Motorcycle Club. Black Rebel, Rebel Motorcycle Club. Yeah, well, that's not what you've written. Can we start so, this uh, yeah. Black and white aren't colours, they're shades. That's not colour. So take all the blacks out. Okay, well, well, I'll do that at the end, okay? You've got orange juice, you've got black box. I thought they said black box, as in... Right on time. Black's not But I thought, I'm surprised you got that, because that's a bit mainstream for you, yes. isn't it? You've probably never heard that song. <laughs> but you've actually called it black box, recorded the Luke Haynes thing, haven't yeah. you? The Blue Magoos, Blue Oyster Cult, Green on Red, only one point, even though there's two colours in it. Green Tamarines, which I... They, no, they are a band, apparently. No, Green Gart Side, Pink, Yellow. Pink. Uh, yellow with no W on the end, so I'm not sure I'll allow that, but... Uh, uh, what does that say? Brown Submarine? Yeah, Pollard. We played him on the pod. Have we? Yeah. Andy White, Barry White, Gold no, Blade. Not colours. Goldie Looking Chain, Goldie. <laughs> um, Simply Red, 
I might not allow that just because I just might not allow that. I, I, I like to pretend I live in a universe where simply red do not exist. Red Cross. No, see, I think um, if we're saying that black's not a colour, then we've got to say that simply red's not a band. Yes, okay. White Hills. Very are, white. They, are they a band? White Hills? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Silla Black and Black White's Reindeer. Black Reindeer, which is, Black of course, Black the uh, Stephen Jones baby yeah. bird thing. Yeah. So. That's obviously a comfortable victory, but if yeah. we take off all the black and white ones, you also put lemon twigs and lemon jelly. That's a fruit. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fruit. It's off yellow. It's, it's really not. Angry. It's not. It's not a colour. Oh, come on. Okay. It's not. Come a on. That's like um, saying it's strangler colour. Nah. Yeah. No. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a colour. I'm not having that. Um, so let's go with with one. We're not counting simply red because they're shy. Yeah. Two, three, four. Five, six, seven, Come on, eight, you. nine, yeah. ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So blacks and whites. Without the blacks and whites. That's a uh, comfortable victory. And without simply red. Yeah, that's which a is, comfortable which is, victory. I concede. Yeah. The way it should be. Yes. Hooray! Kicker's question time! Yes, it's quickest question time. Hello. Now, uh, about uh, four or five years ago, I gave you a question <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which related to uh, John Lydon. Now, John, uh, my question was, what inspired John Lydon to release Metal Box in a metal box? And I, then I gave you a clue because I said, or more specifically, who? Uh, uh. Uh-huh. Well, I thought that he got inspired to really the the thing that gave him the idea to release the album Metal Box in a metal box was because he had this album which was called Metal Box mm. and he thought I know why don't I release it in a metal box so you're going with the inspiration the, 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 the name the of name the of the album, album mm. gave him the idea yeah. to put it in a metal okay, box I like what you're doing there I like yeah. you doing there but no that's not correct Rebel Ricketts would I, you like to have a I, I, I think it was the film The Wizard of Oz Okay. Uh, and I think because he, he, he had a visitation because 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 yes because yeah. because uh, because he um, he had a visitation from the Tin Man <laughs> who said the future is tin uh, John the future is tin. tin next thing you release get it in the tin box. get it in a tin yeah. Yeah. tin is the future yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know in the future all records will be released in tin sleeve <laughs> little did you know actually wood as we've already discussed, wood yes, the wood, 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 wood yeah. and CD cases. That's yeah, what. Yeah. That's, uh, He's really one-dimensional, the tin man. He thought everything should be tin. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what Yorkshire folks say about this? God, tin, 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 which means, of course, it's it's not in not in the tin. It's not in the tin. Tin, tin. So if you had a copy of Metal Box and you took it out, I got tin, 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 tin. And interestingly, tin, tin, Duffy. If he released an album in a tin and I took it out, that would be tin, 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 tin. But sadly, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, no, you're both wrong. Right. You're both wrong. Oh. No, the answer is, and this is very exciting, and I know this because I, I read... Did like, any of the listeners get it? Uh, all the listeners that wrote in got it. Good. Oh, well okay. Done, yeah, okay. so well done to absolutely no one. <laughs> uh, so anyway, apparently Leiden did a... This is in his book, which I've just read, uh, or recently read. Leiden did a screen test for quadrophenia. Huh? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, he, uh, he didn't. He was not in it. I don't think. No, he's not. In it, um, yeah. But he did a screen test, and while he was completing the the pill recording, uh, Townsend sent him a, the test reel in a metal tin can, oh. uh, which is what inspired. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, hang on, Rebel, have you? Is the window open? What's going on?
So that, of course, was Rain Over Me, uh, sorry, Love Rain Over Me by The Who uh, from the album Quadrophenia. And uh, now it's time for a new Kicker's Question, which uh, I'm anticipating bucket loads of uh, mm, responses. Good, good. Uh, frankly, it's an easy question. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Say, you always say that. Well, and then we don't get it. And nor does anyone else. No. But anyway, go on, hit us okay. with this easy right, question. Here we go. So the question is, whose debut album, remember... Is it the Who's debut album? No, no, no. Okay. The debut album of which band? <laughs> Don't say, is that the Witch Band? No, yeah. it's not the Witch Band. Is there a band called the Witch Band? If there isn't, there should be, shouldn't yeah. there? Yeah. There's a band called the Witches, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, can yeah. we get on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, whose debut album, and remember, of course, that all bands' debut albums are their best album. Uh-huh. Yeah, but whose who's debut album uh, included on the cover a note to retailers to file the album under Power Trash? Well, listen, that's all there is. There is no more from the Trust the Wizards podcast tonight. It only remains for me, Rebel Ricky, to say to you, listener, good night. And from the HR department. Oh, God. The head of the HR department. Oh, it's, should we either go back oh, good. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and from down in the basement in the post room, it's Kicker of Elves. Let me out. But before we go, the Quadrophenia thing led me off on a bit of reminiscing. Uh. So it's time for... He's a rolling ball. It's rolling. Chorizos, hazily recalled, festival anecdote. Indeed, so on a, on a recent podcast, we paid tribute to the late Prince Buster, and I talked about going to Madstock in Finsbury Park in 1992, and I'll come back to that later. I want to talk about the band Flowered Up, uh, because uh, their first single, It's On, came out in the glorious, glorious summer of 1990, when I was 19 years old. And I loved that single. And they were, they were billed out at the time as uh, London's answer to the Happy Mondays. And there's certainly some musical similarities and some, some, some shared le- leisure pursuits, should we say. <laughs> um, in my opinion, they're better than the Happy Mondays. Uh, but they, they, were the, they suffered a bit from being very, very hyped by, I can't remember if it was Enemy or Melody Maker, but one of them put them on the front cover before they'd even have a record out, which was, at that time, the first time that had ever been done. So they had a lot to live up to. Uh, but around about the time the first single came out, uh, they played a gig um, in uh, in Brighton, which I went to. It was If you go to the Brighton Centre, and what at the time was the recently bombed Grand Hotel, under the main road, facing straight onto the beach, and, and about 100 yards from probably the most musically important building of my life, which is the dark, grimy, dirty, gothy underground club, a.k.a. Sister Ray's, was the Zap Club, facing out onto the beach. As they say in Spinal Tap, don't look for it, it's not there anymore. But the band came on, this sweaty, packed Zap Club, uh, and the, the, uh, the, the, the stage in there was about shin height, uh, <laughs> and it was packed. So, inevitably... Like most of the gigs I went to at the Zap Club, inevitably most of the audience end up on the mm. stage. Um, but it kind of seemed to fit in with that. Um, the, the band themselves um, were playing on what became their first album. They also, like the Blue Aeroplanes, like the Happy Mondays, had their own dedicated dancer on stage, a man who went by the curious name of Barry Mooncult. Uh, I brought along this 12-inch single of their single Take It, mm. uh, which was co-written, weirdly, by Joe Strummer. Because what they did was they took a song that Joe Strummer plays on piano in the film Rude Boy. They took the lyrics of that song and gave it some new music mm. uh, with Joe's approval. 
Uh, inside the here, as well as being various posters and, and the 12-inch single, I'd like to show you this. Uh, it's a picture of Barry Mooncult, so I'd just like you to describe that to the listener, if you don't mind. Well, well he's got his head through a huge... Um, Propeller. Well, Propeller, no, no, it's a styrofoam, a large styrofoam flower. Ah. Oh, yeah. is it? Is yeah. it F-U on it? Flowered up. Ah, so. But yeah, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, he's wearing headphones, and he's got uh, black tape over his mouth. And yeah. I would say he looks demented. Yes, he does. He's got very demented. And the words across the top: "I'm Barry Mooncult, and so does your mother." <laughs> Indeed. You notice anything else about that picture? Well, he's got black bare feet. Oh, he's got yeah. Oh, he's got massive yes, sort of bears, bears feet, feet claws on. Huh? He's got else? a tail. He's got a tail. He's wearing a tail. I, 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 no, no, that's in no, the back. It's in the back. At the back. In the back. No, yeah. not the back of the picture yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a tail. I think that's something. I think that's something. That's the lead hanging down from the headphones. Oh. He also has a large knob sticking out the front. He's also got his penis out. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was wondering when you come to that. Yes. He's also got his penis out. Indeed. Uh, well, that's Barry Mooncock, and and so does your mother. And well done. Him. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So most of the audience, like I say, ended up on the stage after the gig. Pretty much all of the audience ended up in the sea. Uh, and uh, like because it was summertime and it was damn hot in there um, if you want to find out more about uh, Flowered Up uh, uh, I couldn't recommend more highly if you go on louderthanwar.com uh, uh, a guy last year wrote a brilliant brilliant uh, sort of article summing up their career uh, I, I apologise I can't remember the name of the guy Matt Mead I think his name was um, but if you search for Flowered Up Weekender's Tale on Loud and Louder Than War you'll find it and you read that because it's brilliant Going back to Madstock then, uh, this was uh, two years later. Uh, the band were, uh, weirdly, at the end of their career, really. They, two they, years. They, two years, yeah. They made uh, a couple of singles, an album, and one more single. And two years later they were gone, uh, leaving us with uh, their final single and their best single, uh, which samples from the iconic Brighton film, Quadrophenia. Anyone who's been clubbing in Brighton more than once or twice it's probably lying if they say that they've never tried to take a girl to show her that thin alleyway where Jimmy <laughs> shagged Leslie Ash in the hope of receiving similar fa favours. But this is uh, an epic 12-minute multi-movement masterpiece and the ultimate anthem for working-class rave culture. Weekender!
Stop right down your heart. 